Genesis House and the Friends in Recovery podcast are proud to bring you Answering the Call, the first responder podcast. Join your hosts, Mike the Podfather and Jersey Ed, as they address the real issues in health and wellness for first responders. From physical and mental health to relationships and work-life balance, we leave no stone unturned. Answering the Call, the first responder podcast is available on Facebook, Podbean, iTunes, and YouTube, as well as iHeartRadio. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Now, here are your friends in recovery answering the call. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Answering the Call, the First Responders podcast, sponsored by FirstNet, built by AT&T. I am the podfather, Mike Miles, and I'm here with... Hey, guys. Jersey Ed. Good to be back, everybody. Missed you guys the last couple weeks. Yep. Hey, everyone. New time with Skylar here. (laughs) That's right. Skylar and I held down the fort. Yes, you did. Absolutely. Right. You did Absolutely. And we have our, our special guest today, a returning guest. Yep. And Periello. <laughs> yep. And Ann, um, Ann will be probably returning again. You know, yes. we love having her on. In Hi, due Ann. time, I'll become a licensed social worker. <laughs> yep. I'll That's graduate there. in May. So I'm She's getting there. there. That's good, right. good. Yep. We'll, we'll get you on the other show again, too. Yep. <laughs> Sounds good. God. Yeah, I so, think it's- I think it's great having you on, um, especially the direction you're going. You're working hard yeah. with this um, master's in social work, which is uh, anybody who's ever, you know, attempted to, to go to school, especially when you're working a full-time job. It's hard enough to graduate school, but the MSW program is a very stringent uh, program because you have to do two internships, eight months, 20 hours a week, you know, two of them, you know, and um, it's, it's very hard. So Ian is my intern now. Uh, in her final in her final year of school, and I'm really happy to have her because she's going to be a fabulous therapist. But and more importantly, she right now she's a fabulous cop. Just got promoted to the rank of captain. Yeah. And- hey. <laughs> yeah, congratulations! Thanks. Tell yeah, us very, about that. Very tell, us, tell us about that. Tell us about promotion. That that's got to be great. Yeah, absolutely. I've been a cop for uh, 19 and a half years. It's um, a long journey. You go through so many different uh, trials, tribulations, and good and bad days and um, just a, like complete different hold on life over the last couple of years. And uh, I feel so renewed, like I'm working out five days a week. I feel so renewed that it's almost like the 20 year mark's coming, but I feel like I just right. stepped into the profession. So I'm really uh, proud to, to become a captain yep. and with our agency, but uh, more than that, uh, wear the uniform with pride. Mm. Yeah. Well, I noticed the last, um, couple of months since November, you, you've um, dropped some weight. Um, I have. You know, it's, yeah, you've really been working hard on that. You won't take any of the goodies I offer you. Because um, <laughs> no. I'm always stuffing my puss with something up there <laughs> at Crossroads. <laughs> but oh, Anne doesn't, she doesn't partake, so that's yeah. good. I good can't hit the 30 pounds. I'm at 28 for the last three weeks, and no I just weighed in again yesterday, and it's just not happening. But um, Plateau. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. It's a good plateau. I'm still losing Absolutely. Empty, so Absolutely. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Life well, is great. good over here. Yeah. So captain, that, that's amazing. When, when you start, you said 19 years ago. So I'm sober for uh, 20, almost 27 years. So thank God you weren't a cop yeah. when I was using. Okay. That's number yeah. one. <laughs> that's, that's just a compliment. And number two, um, did you ever think you would, you know, for some of the, uh, some of the um, young guys out there who just start and, you know, working midnights or whatever, and, you know, whatever. And, and did you ever think you were going to be this, you know, be in this position or, or, you know, 
Um, I don't think to this rank, like when I first started into policing, I was looking, um, I always took pride in a uniform, um, grew up in the world of athletics, played field hockey at UMass Lowell. Um, and I just wanted to continue on with the uniform and just take pride in it. And it's like a team aspect. We're all wearing the same thing and you move forward together. So, um, when I first started, my only goal was to become a canine officer. Mm -hmm. um, that is it. I, and I think half the world, when you get into policing, right. um, wants to become a canine officer. Um, <laughs> but then once you get in, you learn different things. And uh, I have never been a canine officer. <laughs> um, I, at this point, I never will be. But um, <laughs> um, your, the, your direction just changes as things go. So Right. Hey, I just want to back up a little bit. Um, you know, we don't want to we do not want to overlook all her accomplishments and she has many, but oh, absolutely. Uh, what division, um, what division is UMass Lowell? Um, well, I I'll give them credit because they're D one. Now I was a right. D two. Right. Well, it was D two at that time. So. Bad. But I yeah. I've seen Ann's name in the uh, local newspaper more than once. Outstanding, not just a, um, not just a player, but an outstanding um, player. As from what I remember anyway, you, you seem to have been like, one of the superstars. It's like a confidence booster coming yeah. on. Right? <laughs> Start my Nobody. weekend off, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. You're very humble about it. But hey, I got to say that, you know, um, we work up in New Hampshire together um, two nights a week. Uh, Ann's doing her internship, and then we communicate during the week as well. But she has a really good way with people. And I, I think I just want to put this out there for you, Ann. Um, 19 years experience as a police officer, and now four years of uh, three years of schooling, uh, you know, for your, for your uh, degree in social work. Do you see the correlation between being a cop and being a social worker? Mm. Um, honestly, now I would recommend anyone that wants to go into law enforcement, they actually should get a social work degree. I agree. Uh, I already have a bachelor's and master's in criminal justice from 99 and then 2001. And um, that is that doesn't teach you anything you need to do with this job. Social work hands down is exactly what we do every single day. Um, 2% of your job is arresting people. The rest is mediation and you're walking into people's homes and there's domestics and, and people are struggling with drugs and alcohol and how can you help them? And um, neighbor disputes, you have to be able to talk, but you have to be able to listen more than you have right. to be able to talk. Child um, abuse issues. Yeah. You name it. Yep. 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 And uh, yeah. you know, I just, I know when I was in school back in uh, the nineties, um, some of the doctors at Salem state, the, the, the you know, the, the teaching doctors, they were mostly women from the sixties that had protested and, you know, and, and they really believed in what they, they were doing. And I think they were upset that, that a, a middle-aged white police officer wanted to be a social worker. And they used to ask me, what are you going to do with this degree? It was almost like I was stealing something, you know? <laughs> and when I ever said to them that I really felt that being a cop was just like being a social worker, oh my goodness, you know, you would have thought I, I did steal something off them. But I see the correlation. So it's identical, actually. It's really, it really is. And it's actually unfortunate. So I got put on the spot my first orientation as well, saying, um, what are you doing going into social work if you're a police officer? Um, and I had to explain, I'm like, this is exactly what we do. Now you're just giving me some more credibility behind some answers and some guidance to people. Right. Um, but throughout the program, there definitely is almost a stigma that police officers are not 
supposed to be doing any therapeutic work. Right. Um, and my job as a police officer, it, I will not be wearing the hat as a social worker when I'm wearing the hat as a police officer. However, um, it's given me more tools to just talk to people, mm. to help them, to guide them that if they do have a family dispute, if there's child abuse going on, um, where to direct people in, in the, right. the right path rather than just hoping you're sending them down the right path. Mm. And then just the stigma that um, police, we do fight social injustice. That's why you put a uniform on and a badge and you mm. better uphold that. You better right. have some pride and you better be respectful to people. And if you don't, you're in the wrong profession. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately with what's going on with society right now, it is, uh, it's sending the image in a different direction. So hopefully the combination of social work, they want police and social workers to work together more over time. Um, yes. I think that this couples together perfectly for the future and the direction of policing. Right. I got and, no, and um, oh. it's crazy. <laughs> go, too, no, go ahead. Go three ahead. questions I, we want to throw at her. Right? <laughs> well, no, I was just going to add, I worked at uh, child services up here in Jersey. It's called DCPMP, DCF, whatever, every state calls it something different. Right. right. And I remember them saying, you know, um, they opened my eyes to the fact that cops and social workers should be hand in hand because they said, you know, Skylar, sometimes we're first to the scene at, at yeah. removal of a child waiting for a cop. So like we all work together time. all the right. time. And, and yeah. you know, I didn't realize that until I, you know, worked the child services. Yeah. So it's very true. I, I consider child services first responders. Yeah. To be honest right. with you. Oh, right? They're doing the same thing. We are just on a different, right. a, a different level. Yep. And these are women, mostly women that go into these homes where there's so much turbulence, so much aggression, so much violence, not all of them, but a lot of them. And they're going in there with a notebook and, and a loose leaf and mm. a pen, you know, and, <laughs> and, 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 yeah. and anytime I ever went to help a social worker take a child from a home, extract, I would give them, I, I, we didn't have cards then, but I would give her a, a notebook with my name and my phone number and say, you make sure you call me. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not working, I will get someone. What do you do going into these hallways Ugh. where people have been raped yeah. and robbed and murdered? You know, mm -hmm. do you even yeah. know this? You know, they're, they're like, no, we didn't know. I'm like, I know you didn't, but and the question I had was, is the police department that you work for, are they embracing this? Are they, are they recognizing it? Are they kind of, um, are they cool with it? Or are they going to, you know, is it something that they're, they're encouraging you to do? 100% uh, supportive. Um, and so, so is the town of Pelham as far as administration behind the scenes. Um, so I'm in charge of officer wellness and I have been since I was promoted to a Lieutenant in 2014. That was one of, one of the assignments I was given. Um, and then over the years, I've just done a lot of training, like critical incident stress management training, gotten involved with debriefings, um, held, different educational workshops for my officers on um, implicit bias, on suicide prevention for law enforcement, um, send out like different material just to keep them motivated. And some of it might just be inspirational stuff. Some of it might be a book that someone told me about to read. Um, on occasion, I'll throw a book by our mailboxes for emotional survival for law enforcement. And if it disappears, I encourage it to disappear and I'll get another one. Yeah. Um, you, uh, the doors open. They, they know officers know they can come to me. And because I'm on the critical incident stress management team for Southern New Hampshire, they can speak to me in confidence. Um, the same rules apply with social work as it does with the officer that if, you know, any suicidal homicidal tendencies whatsoever, you have to act and we're going to have to 
take it to another step. But if someone has stuff going on, they can walk in here and shut the door and um, vent. And if it's something that um, is beyond me, you know, at, at this point, I have more than a handful of people that I can guide them towards. And you know what's? I, I just want to mention um, her chief um, is a very progressive um, um, understanding. He's a cops cop number one, but I think also he must be so proud and pleased to have you as one of his top echelon, um, you know, captains. Uh, obviously, it's almost like a deputy's position compared to like other departments, bigger departments. And um, I just think that he must be thrilled having someone like you, even without your social work education, because that's just the icing on the cake mm-hmm. for you. Yeah, you're, have, you know, yeah. go ahead. No, go ahead. We, have, we have a great team, without a doubt. The chief is, uh, you know, he's very forward thinking. And that's what makes like that's why I would stay at this police department is, you know, we're moving forward together and with the times. And if people respond to a critical incident and they need to leave work, they'll even work. And that's not something that would take place maybe even 10 years ago or 15 years right. ago. Um, right. We just any high critical incidents um, like death of a child, death of an infant, um, you name it, like some suicides, if like we immediately get involved with those officers and you offer them some assistance, but you also say, all right, if we're going to send you home for the day, what's your plan? We're not just Mm. letting them go. We don't want them going off and, and drinking for the rest of the day. And then all of a sudden they're getting depressed and their anxieties through the roof after their adrenaline still hasn't settled down, something like that. So, um, very forward thinking, um, supportive. And that is why we maintain, our personnel at this point, I think um, it's a good environment to live in, and and like pretty much everyone raises their families together here. Right. Well, you know, a couple of weeks ago, um, Skyler and I had um, uh, Brian Fleming. Oh yeah, that was a good police. Show. Right. Oh, yes. And, yeah, and, and you know, show. Brian is just a you know he's like an old uh, an old reliable dictionary. You know what I mean? Like you, you dust it off, but you know as soon as you open up looking for what you're looking for, you're going to find the hundred percent. You know it's going to be described to you. You're going to understand it. He's just that type of guy. And I mean, it's funny to see where EAP employee assistance in law enforcement has come from. Where it where it started with um, back mm-hmm. in the day. You know with with. Um, Donovan and the Eddie Donovan. And then, you know, and now I see someone like Ian, who's a police captain, which is, you know, in and of itself is quite an accomplishment, but the, the, the cops in Pelham and surrounding towns, cause it's a word of mouth job. Um, hey, we got to take a break. I think, um, answering yeah. the call first responders podcast sponsored by FirstNet, built by AT&T. We'll be right back. You're first, first to respond, first to put others lives before your own. And in an emergency, you need a network that puts you first, that connects you to technology, to each other, and to other agencies. Build with and for first responders. FirstNet, the only congressionally authorized wireless network for first responders. Because putting you first is our job. Since 1992, Genesis House has been helping real people heal from addiction on their private recovery campus in beautiful Palm Beach County, Florida. Their family-owned program is accredited by the Joint Commission and offers detox and dual diagnosis treatment in a comfortable and confidential setting. At Genesis House, they focus on treating the underlying causes of addiction. 
Their comprehensive approach includes psychiatric care, individual and small group therapy, trauma healing techniques, and holistic care including yoga, massage, and animal-assisted therapy. After treatment, their clients enjoy the lifelong support of a nationwide network of Genesis House alumni. Call Genesis House today at 1-800-737-0933 to speak with someone who understands. Visit them on the web at www.genesishouse.net. It's time to start your journey to a long and successful recovery. Hey everybody, welcome to Answering the Call, the First Responders Podcast, sponsored by FirstNet, built by AT&T. I am the podfather, Mike Miles, and I'm here with... Well, we're back, I guess, right? Aren't we back? He's back. <laughs> <laughs> Jersey egg, guys. And, Jersey. Uh, and real quick, I just want to talk about um, uh, copline.org. Um, that's, uh, it, it, it's just a helpline for, uh, police officers or any, any first responders, but mainly police officers. It's manned by over a hundred, um, uh, police officers, volunteer police officers. And, uh, there's the phone numbers, eight, 800 cop line. That's 800-267-5463. And that's, uh, copline.org. All the information's in there. Um, if you're not feeling good, or if you're, you, you know, you got some, thoughts that you want to talk to somebody about that's the phone number to call guys and uh Any thoughts and I, suicide, depression anxiety anything. exactly yeah yeah and, and i don't know if you've you know anything about copline check it out copline.org it might be good for you you know for you to kind of hand out to your guys and girls guys and girls your, your officers up there too yeah. so yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. so yeah. a lot of good resources yeah absolutely and um you never have enough yeah, yeah, and yeah, also, guys, definitely. real quick, uh, Sky, uh, uh, ATC, we have a podcast. Um, we have a yeah. Uh, so I just wanted to uh, let you guys know we have a uh, f- friends in recovery, first responders, um, a- answering the call, uh, Facebook. So it's it's first first responders uh, page, but it's you're gonna search friends in recovery, answering the call. Right. <laughs> so I think I backwards that a little bit, but that's no, how no. we're gonna search it. <laughs> and then there's also virtual meetings at twelve and seven daily um, with the friends in recovery community that you're all welcome to. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. And those are those are all you know via Zoom. And yeah. um, you know, listen, I get sold by by going to meeting meetings in my hometown, which was a city. And, you know, I was known as Mike the Cop in AA, you know, that was Mike the Cop. And I'd hear it behind me. Oh, that's Mike the Cop. He's the cop. <laughs> you know, this is back in eight, this is back in the 80s, you know, and uh, it wasn't a lot of cops going to AA meetings. <laughs> I, really wanted, I really wanted to get sold, but trust me. And I, I didn't have a car. I had no, you know, I couldn't drive anywhere. So I walked to meetings and, um, you know, um, hey, sobriety got me back to where I, I could never have dreamed I, I'd be. And, and, you know, I finished my career. Um, just real quick, I got a message the other day from somebody. Um, and it really touched me. And he said, I remember you at Christmas time with a cruiser full of presents going to houses. This was a retired cop. And he goes, I was brand new. And I'm like, what is he doing? And he's giving <laughs> gifts to these kids and been in these houses and stuff. And he goes, I really learned a lot from you. And it, it touched me because, you know what? I wasn't doing it to, to teach anyone. Or I wasn't doing it for praise. I didn't even tell anyone. But my oldest daughter, Michelle, I mailed her a I, I, I sent her a copy of the message because she used to help me wrap the presents. Oh, cool. yeah. Cool. That's, That's, awesome. cool. That's cool. I'm sure um, she's proud too. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Really yeah. absolutely. We had her on the show. To, uh, was it this show? Yeah. It was this show, right? I think we had uh, yeah. her on this show. Yeah. yeah. And she um, raised two wonderful children. Um, she lived in Pelham one, one time and uh, up, up in New Hampshire, then Wyndham. And now she's, um, you know, she's, she's back in mass, but yeah, she, um, she's a great daughter. I, I That's cool. Her. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Absolutely. Well, you, well, you getting sober, you raise wonderful kids, Mike, and I know your son and uh, you know, just, just wonderful kids you have. So like we all are Skylar yourself and and, uh, you Ed and, Thanks. Thanks. How cool is it that we get this option to like get clean and like go back to school and like have a podcast where people can come for support. Like that's just awesome that we have these resources and this availability. Absolutely. And guests like Anne. (laughs) I'll I'll turn it back on you. More importantly, you're doing this Mm, because people need to hear this. Like you're not alone. They need to know they're not alone. So if you don't do this, then you're not getting your message out there that this is possible. So mm-hmm. good for you. I commend good. you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Actually real quick. I want to, I want to just kind of um, tell the community what, what happened with a, a friend of ours, Brandon, a, um, a little, t- uh, some about two weeks ago, um, he, he, uh, he passed away. Unfortunately, he was a guest on this show and um, you know, people like you and that can help through things in this cop, this copline.org and, and, and 1-800-COP-LINE and, and just getting a hold of anybody, just Google something. If you're sitting in your shit guys and, and you don't feel good or you don't feel right or something, talk to somebody like Ann or, or the pod father and reach out, listen to these podcasts, get these phone numbers. Don't be afraid, you know, don't be afraid. And I'm sure you tell your guys, your, I say guys, I'm sorry. And your officers, this all the time. Anybody you come across is, just, just get out there. It's okay. It's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay not to do anything about it. Right. Yeah. And I think half of it is you need to educate those officers who are with those people that are having a tough time to ask some tough questions. Absolutely. Are you okay? Are yeah. you suicidal? Mm-hmm. Do you have a plan? Mm-hmm. And then you don't leave those people. You get a hold of myself or, or Mike or uh, mm-hmm. any local agency practically at this point should have some resources to, uh, to send away Certainly. and uh, I know in New Hampshire there's are like the peer supports are growing more and more it's very impressive I think Huge. New England as a whole actually because mass yep. is really big with that yeah and then whoever can't ha- if you can't handle something peer-to-peer those peer-to-peers have licensed therapists or psychologists doctors that can help um, it doesn't mean that you're going to lose your gun forever um, mm-hmm. it you it, some agencies don't even take your gun. They tell you to just keep it locked in your locker. Um, right. Other agencies do just out of uh, just out of safety, um, but that doesn't mean you don't get it back. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. This job takes its toll mentally, mm-hmm. physically on people. Um, right. And one thing I I wanted to mention is the importance of your fitness and just like I call it like oiling pretty much your brain a little bit. Um, I go to a gym in Nashville. It's called Dynamic Strength and Conditioning. And they have so many cops that go there and literally guys get off midnight shifts and then they're there doing their workout before they go wow. home to sleep. Wow. Um, that gym has done like a lot of um, fundraising for helping our heroes with just suicide awareness too, to raise money. Working out is such a release. Mm. It, like literally if you are in such a funk, it's just a matter of walking through the door to, to break the ice and break right. that barrier and start moving forward. Literally it's saving a lot of people's lives. I know our gym is, and I've had a lot of conversations one-on-one um, with police officers that were really struggling in a bad spot. Some of them were going down the route of alcohol. Others were ready to quit their job and um, working out alone and getting into a healthy environment. Um, like it's kind of, they're all group workouts. It's not just one-on-one. Sometimes if you just go to a gym, you're still in your own mind. This mm-hmm. is a group atmosphere and it, uh, mm-hmm. it's healthy. Yeah. They're out and, there. 
And that's funny because we were just talking about the community and getting out there and talking to, you know, people, you know, who, who are having down on their luck. Listen, I, I've never called the police officer and said, hey, can you come over? I just want to just shake your hand, say hello and have a cup of coffee yeah. with you. It's, yeah. always, you know, somebody robbed my house. You know, I got a, uh, I got into an accident. You guys don't go to like, hey, we're having a celebration for my baby's birthday. You want to oh, stop wow. by? I yeah. can't believe you've ever got a call like that. I'm guessing maybe, <laughs> well, I don't know, but. For security, you can stop. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. for security. Well, well, back in the, let me just tell you quickly. Back in the back in the day, I worked in a predominantly uh, Portuguese neighborhood, and Saint Anthony, the Feast of Saint Anthony, they'd have a parade and and, and you know uh, an event, and you know I, I would be so proud to lead the event and the cruiser. I'd, I'd block off streets, and you know it wasn't even on the detail. I would just take it upon myself because the people would invite you back to their house and the food was crazy. Unbelievable. Oh my God. And back then I used to, you know, have a few drinks and they'd have this homemade wine and it was like white lightning, you know, <laughs> but oh no, you don't get a lot of those calls, but we, but back in the day we did have a few, you know, yeah, I just want to yeah. say real quick too, when a cop commits suicide, it's like a piece of you dies because mm. you understand more. You're like, you know, we, we all have these crazy jobs where we see things we shouldn't be seeing, you know, just horrific things sometimes. And, mm -hmm. I, and there's, there's a sector of people out there that say, well, don't take the job. Well, you know, we didn't know it was going to be this bad. Nobody should see some of the things we see or experience kids abused, burnt with cigarettes with, you know, uh, you know, by their parents or, or molestations or whatever. But, you know, there was so much help out there now. Like Ann just went down a list it was never like this now we're so fortunate that there are there are people out there that do care and they want to help us and you know what it, it's there for the taking yeah if right. you want it if you want it mm -hmm. and i don't know if this statistic changed or not it used to be like 12 years on the job was the highest as far as like suicide rates with cops i'm not and i'm not up to date with that right now, but it has to be fairly close to that 12 years on the job. Right. I know when officers hit the three year mark, you start to get a little skewed and you yep. start speaking up a little more right. and, and looking at oh, life might not be that good yeah. anymore. The honeymoon's you, over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But when you walk through the door, like I became a cop because my best friend's father was the chief of police in Chelmsford. Like he was a role model. My neighbor right. was a cop. He'd show up at our athletic games and hang out there and he's in uniform and parking the cruiser and it was all positive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cops don't know what they're getting into. No. Um, neither do firemen, any, any first responders. No, no, um, no. But when you get there, like you took a calling, that was your mm -hmm. calling and it yes. takes a special person to do it. Oh, yeah. So yes. we're here to get those special Absolutely. people through this. Absolutely. And the other thing too, guys, is when you're, um, I believe when you're younger and you don't realize that, oh yeah, I know I might see this, or I might see this, but when you're 22, 21, you know, 25, we never think we're going to die. We never think we're going to see any of this stuff. We never think we're going to have hardships or anything. So we, you know, I'm guessing police officers are definitely a special breed, no doubt about it, or any first responder. And then, you know, being young, you just jump into it, not realizing it. Right. And then Podfather, when you were, when you were going through it, there was no help. There was no debriefings. There were no peer-to-peer uh, -peer people. It was, you were just on your own and that was it, you know? Well, you know, it's funny. I, and I think Ian will agree with this. And can you remember your first few years on the job where when the night was over, you'd be like, oh, shit, I don't want to go home yet. I was have, I would have worked an extra couple hours for nothing some nights because it was just I mm. loved it. You know what I mean? And it, yeah. after a while, like Ian said, you know, after three, five years, 
the honeymoon's over. You start getting a little, you're starting to realize that, hey, you know what? A lot of people don't support us. People are lying. People make stories up, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's just amazing. And you're always proving yourself. I, I I had breakfast with a young cop this morning, and he had an arrest recently. And um, anyway, it's a long story. But the bottom line is, he's his first time going to court to testify, and he's a nervous wreck. Mm. And I said, you know what? Just be prepared for the law. He asked, what should I be prepared for? I said, well, the lawyer's going to go after you like you did something wrong the defense attorney. He's mm-hmm. going to go after you for the fact you were a wrestler in high school. He's going to say you're aggressive or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get a break. You, you know, you, you, you arrest a bad person, you go to court, the lawyer's trying to make you look like a bad person. Mm-hmm. You're always questioning yourself. Am I right, Ann? You know what I'm oh, talking Absolutely. And you have to take the personal aspect out of it. And, and we tell our young guys that all the time when they're going to court. Or when someone is going at you pretty good at a house and they're not happy that you're there, it is not about you. So when they're calling you some nasty names or saying something about your family, remember that this is, you have to put that business out out first and don't let it be personal. Because if you go personal, you're going to get emotional and then you're not, you're supposed to be there to be the level head. And I think that, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, good, good. That goes back to why it's so important for wellness programs now and mm-hmm. for outreach because yeah. excessive use of force, obviously we know that's on the forefront of society right now, but it is like, why are some of those cases taking place? Where do those officers just come from and what have they been dealing with that, to the point that they're ready to punch someone in the face mm-hmm. because they are so unhappy with life and with the job. Right. There's something else going on behind there. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. absolutely. And I, uh, I just lost my train of thought because that was just such a good point that you made. Right. Um, but, but again, too, and then you got the media and the media is never your friend. You might think <laughs> they are. they're your friend when you save the, the little kid who was in the pool drowning. Or you go into a fire, you get there before the fire department, you save a life. They'll write a nice story about you. But you make one mistake and you'll see who you'll see what they'll do. They'll turn on you real quick. There's no room for error. There's no room for error. And you know what? Even if someone's lying about you and you know it's a lie, it's hard to hold your emotions when mm. someone's accusing you of something that you didn't do. But, you know, you, I don't I don't know if you realize how fortunate we are to have Ian on the show, number one. But number two, the town of Pelham, the state of New Hampshire, how fortunate they are to have a police officer like this because she walks the walk. It's not just talk with this girl. Not a police officer, a captain Thanks. now, Podfather. Yeah. That's correct. <laughs> That's a big deal. And I call a captain when I touch her. <laughs> well, um, I, and thank you so much for, for coming on again. And, and you're always a wealth of knowledge and we love you. You're, you're our reoccurring guest on here. You might have a special right. spot on here to just right. maybe we'll do. She's one of the most down to earth cops I've ever <laughs> it's met. Amazing. I right. Know, Isn't I it? Know. Right. Her and Mike, I don't even look at like cops. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> like, so. I know. Well, I'm in New right. Hampshire, so if someone does need some assistance and they want to reach out and my, my guys know they can get a hold of me at any point if someone needs anything. So. Um, whether you need me to wear the police hat or uh, a social work hat, it doesn't matter. Um, right. Just help out there. Don't hesitate to reach out. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you absolutely. for having me. Thank you, Ann. Appreciate, uh, appreciate having it. Yeah, yeah. I'll we'll, see you Monday, Ann. <laughs> <laughs> she'll be back too. So, yeah, yeah, Sky Podfather, thank you guys so much. You guys, Podfather, you know, great, great guest, Podfather. She's yeah, always well, a great we, guest. So. Yeah, and we, we all, yourself, Skyla, myself, um, Ann, obviously. You know, we, we do this for the uh, first responders, police, fire, mm-hmm. corrections, 
EMS veterans. You know, we can't forget the vets out there too, because they're 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 committing suicide at such a high rate. You know, and that's what we're here for. We're here to help. Yep. Eddie, can you yeah. give out that cop line number again, please? Sure. The cop line number um, is eight hundred cop line or eight hundred two six seven five four six three and copline.org. All this is in the show notes, so you can get it in the show notes also. But, um, you know, reach out to somebody and, and works in Pelham. You, you call Pelham right. and she'll she'll take your yep. call. You know, if you're if you're a, p- a police officer, first responder, absolutely, you know. And I got Something to- you said quickly was earlier is that that cop line has volunteer first responders on the other end of that. I didn't know that. So I yes. think that's key to put and repeat back out there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're police officers. There are 100 of them are police, volunteer police officers. Yeah. So if you call that number, they're going to either have been there and done that or seen it and heard it or went down that road. Um, so they're, they're not going to hear anything that, that you know yeah. it's going to surprise them you know nobody's and, given free time and volunteering time like that unless no, they, they yeah, got exactly, a good heart yeah, and they care yeah yeah they're you not know? just somebody just you know with no background exactly. and they're they they've they've volumes. been there so thanks for bringing that up and yes. but yeah yeah they're, they are they're retired or, or, or volunteer police officers so right and it's, it's really important for police officers to know that they have a hard time telling anybody they have any type of suicide mm. ideation or any type mm-hmm. of mental health issues they think they're going to lose their gun you lose your gun you yeah. can't it's yeah. not like that. There are HIPAA rules. You know what? If you need help, people in law enforcement, you'll you'll get the help you need and you won't lose your job. Trust yeah, me. Absolutely not. No, no. But, well, guys, uh, great show. Podfather, thank show. you guys. You want to take us out? Sure. Answering the call, the First Responders Podcast, sponsored by FirstNet, built by AT&T. Stay safe, everybody. Stay safe, everybody. I keep forgetting, guys. Stay safe. Stay safe. <laughs> Stay safe.